I'm so excited and I just, I'm, what can I say? <laughs> to talk about one of my favorite, you know, some of my favorite subjects and, and people and to share with people that I'm excited um, to be around and be in the company. And um, Kate just uh, shared, she text you text me a photo and and it was, yeah, you're like glowing and, you know, this, this glow of being in the presence of so many awesome people. That's all I have to say. It's just like smiling and excitement um, about starting this today. So I just have to say thank you um, for uh, journeying with me again with Bell Hooks, with the Bible, with the Book of Common Prayer, because those are the three texts we're going to be um, working with for the next few weeks. Um, so Kate has that PDF and we'll find a way that we can get it up to everybody. But for this week, um, you might've, I know I spoke with some of you and I, and, and some of you said, my book is coming or my book is here. And I said, read the preface, read the introduction and then chapter one. So we're doing three chapters at a time. And this book is really interesting because the chapters are fairly short. They're like eight pages, sometimes 10 pages at the most. But what happens is, even though they're short, she has so many um, just statements that are mind blowing that we will um, like to engage with and wrestle with. And I, and I do sometimes, I look at the book and I go, Bill, what are, you, what are you talking about? What are you trying to say? And then later on in another chapter, she kind of explains it. And I've, I've read this book a few times and I, just today I came across something that I swear that it wasn't there before, but you know, that's, how, <laughs> that's how our, you know, we go to what we need at that time. So I'm going to get ready to share my screen and then ooh, doing some funny stuff. Yes, that's what I want to share. Do I need to share a sign? No, I don't need to share sound. I'm going to make this bigger. And you all can see this. Mm -hmm. And of course, I use um, images that I'm familiar with. Um, and also, we have used some closed caption on this as well to follow. So um, welcome to the Bell Hooks All About Love New Vision Study Group. Um, we will be talking about love and what love is for five weeks. We will be practicing love, we will engage with the ABCs of love. And so I need to read this prayer. This prayer is taken from the Book of Common Prayer um, as part of the daily prayers um, in the great Thanksgiving. Um, if you have a Book of Common Prayer with you, it's on page 125, but let's read this together. Almighty God, Father, all mercies. All mercies. We, we your unworthy servants, servants give you humble thanks for all your goodness to us and to all who you have made. We bless, we bless you, you for our creation, creation preservation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. But above, but above all, all, for your miserable love, love and the of the world, by our Jesus for the means of grace and for the and hope, hope of glory. And we, and we pray, pray give us give such, such an awareness, awareness of your mercies, 
that with truly, that with thankful, truly hearts, thankful hearts, we may show, we may forth, show your forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives. Our lives, our lives. By, giving by giving up ourselves, ourselves to your, to your service. And by, and by walking, walking before, before you in holiness, holiness and righteousness and all, all, our all our days. Through Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ our Lord, Lord to whom with you, with you and the Holy Spirit, Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Amen. And so, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. We're familiar with this passage. Um, I like this passage so much that, it, that I even put it to music. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So consider this, in what context and on what occasions do we usually hear or read 1 Corinthians 13 verses four through eight? So please share. At a wedding. Wedding. At a wedding, yes. So we've got two, three votes on the wedding. <laughs> yeah, weddings. Someone said something else? It said maybe at a funeral. Hmm. But most of the time weddings, right? Weddings, yes. Yeah, so um, if you have a Bible handy, if you don't, that's okay. Um, but consider this, when we're looking at that book, right? Who is the letter's supposed author? So who is attributed to um, writing that letter? Well. So it says, who's at it? Uh, Mike. Mike. So who? I didn't hear it. Oh, Paul. Yeah, Paul. So it says, I, Paul, he starts out greetings, right? He starts out greeting Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and our brother, Sothenes. So you have these two that are writing to the people in Corinth. And then I say, well, who is his, her intended audience, right? And then you have that in the second verse um, to the church of God in Corinth. So he's, of course, what Paul does is he admonishes and encourages people. Um, he does a great job of that. That's, you know, his spiritual gift. And that's what we, you know, I like his letters so much. And then we say, why was it written? And that should be when you get to verses 10 and to, to 13. And he and he's saying, as you're looking for that, why was it written? Hmm. 
someone found it? <laughs> or to to, to uh, stop divisions among them? To stop divisions, he asks, is the church divided? So we think about the original context of this letter. You notice as just like we play the game telephone and as letters get passed around and it starts to work in different contexts, meaning shifts and you know um, some parts of the interpretation shift. And then we, we tend to value certain parts of it. Um, well, it seems like we value certain parts of it more than others, right? So we know that part that I read earlier, but then we think about all the other stuff that came before that section and then what comes after and how it's all connected. And this is important when we talk about love because as you see, we get to the next page here. And I ask, well, why is this, um, you know, in, in confined to the context of romantic love and weddings in the Western Christian faith traditions? So how do we get to that? And it is helpful when, when you want to go back and say you have a fight in your household and you want to go back and read this, and I do go back and read this, and we have we have um, throw pillows in our living room <laughs> that has has some of it on the throw pillows. So it's like uh, David and I, I, I can't get away from that. I thought you were going to say something else about throw pillows. <laughs> well, we gonna, oh yes, we do. We have a fight, and we just get the throw pillows out, and <laughs> well, well, look, right. And so sometimes they are used like that too. It was really funny. But and then you know, and then you stop and you look at what it says on the throw pillow. Uh-huh. Um, love is patient love is kind but but we have these throw pillows and we have that in our house to remind us um of what what we you know about to do but also it's it's bigger than this and so there's a connection because paul was called to be an apostle of christ he was an apostle of himself. And so there's this, there's this connection. And this is not only in Matthew, it's in other places as well. But someone asked Jesus, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So now, what do we do with 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8? Because when I see this connection, this isn't just for my husband, David. This is for <laughs> my neighbor. And, you know, someone asked, someone got kind of, you know, crafty. And Jesus is, you know, posse and said, well, who is who is my neighbor? Right. And that. Who is your neighbor? Right. It's not just my neighbor, Isabella, um, someone who's next to me physically in physical proximity. But who who how do we um, do first Corinthians 13, four through eight? not just in our home and not just with people who look like us or think like us. So then we have Bell Hooks who's talking about this. 
So love is a practice in the workplace. And can we imagine that love in the workplace? And some of us can. Um, some of us work in very busy, high stress places. So maybe not so. The truth is far too many people in our culture do not know what love is. And this not knowing feels like a terrible secret a lack that we have to cover up. So what is love? We just went to the Bible first, but when we look at our culture and that's what Hooks does really well, like looks at pop culture and critiques culture and the way people interact, public and private interactions and we can think about what we hear about love and love songs. Do they give us an accurate <laughs> description of love? Do they only talk about uh, romantic love? Um, do we have some songs that could be taken you know, out of um, a romantic love context and expressed for brotherly, sisterly, sibling love. And I've like challenged myself to do that, to take songs that might've been someone writing a poem to their love, their lover and making that bigger, expressing that to my church, expressing that to my students. So right before we move forward, I, I want um, to hear what some of your favorite love songs are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, what do you love about the love song? Mm. And what could that love song tell us about love? You know, one time I visited a... Uh, um, a Unitarian church and the entire service that day was uh, torch songs from the, I don't know, forties and fifties. And, you know, and the, the minister was just making the case that every one of those torch songs could, could be experienced more widely. Mm -hmm. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. When you ask my favorite love song, I immediately can't think of a single love song. <laughs> well, I have a, a possibility. It's a camp song that goes, it starts out, it's love that makes the world go round. And you, you, you sing, it's mice, it's mice, it's mice that make the cats go round. And then you go, the cats that make the dogs go round. And... <laughs> Then you sing the chorus is rolling over the billows, rolling over the sea, rolling over the billows and the deep blue sea. And we used to sing that. I went to camp in Iowa, Camp Hattishaw. It was a campfire camp. 
And that's where I learned that song. And the end of it is, um, you know, it's love, it's love, it's love that makes the world go round. So mm. it's it's great. Yeah, you can see the connections in all creation, right? So loving all of creation. I'm curious to know what some of these other love songs. Nothing from the Beatles, nothing from Motown. Roberta Flack. Oh, wow, Roberta Flack. First time ever I saw your face. Ooh. That one kills me. First of all, it's so slow. It's gotta be the slowest developing song I know with I mean, amazing harmonies, but I'm just thinking, I can't remember all the words, but first time ever I saw your face and then these things happen. Then the second verse, first time ever I kissed your mouth. And this, the third is the first time ever I lay with you, excuse me. We're not Unitarians, but okay. Um, and uh, it's just- Staying in the grass looking at the stars. <laughs> it, it was right, yeah, 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 that's right. That's what I meant. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> But um, it develops, and so I, I guess, um, you know, otherwise it's pretty blatantly romantic stuff. But, um, but I think, you know, we get to a deeper relationship, and perhaps that is another way of looking, looking at love. You know, we, we think we have it all at the first moment, and then it, and then it gets more it deeper, more intimate. Yeah, and that's that was a great song. That was, I think, that was like the wedding song when it came out. I think that was like, it, it, you know, that's that's a really amazing song that you can we can think about how we can widen, you know, where it's how it's used. But that was such a wedding song, too, right? But it, but it, but like, how could we? Um, because the first time ever I saw your face, I mean, that's amazing. Like if we think about seeing God face to face. And so it does have some, you know, and just how she talks about how she felt and what she saw, right? And I, I forgot the lyrics, but it is such a beautiful song. It came from a scary movie though. <laughs> it was from Play Misty for me with the other Donna Mills in Clint Eastwood. Yeah. So I'm, I just, I'm sorry, I geek out on, on songs and where they come from. And uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Nancy Redford. Nancy Redford, hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so one song that's sort of caught in my mind, uh, lately is Tracy Chapman's um, Fast Car, mm -hmm. which always annihilates me every time I hear it. And I just looked up the lyrics and there's this beautiful part where she says, I had a feeling I could be someone, be someone, be someone. And I think that speaks to a different kind of love, you know, and it's interesting because the parallels I'm, I'm taking a class right now on self-compassion mm. um, and learning that, you know, self-compassion thing uh, that breaks everything open. You can, if you, know, you start to develop self-compassion, then you can, it's remarkable how much more compassion and love you can have for others. 
So um, I'm going to cry reading this because I didn't, you know, I had no idea what to expect on the Zoom here, but just looking at those lyrics and thinking about the coursework I'm taking and being here. And by the way, in that course, it's the reason I got the book, All About Love. It came up in the course. So I ordered it and then I noticed <laughs> St. James is doing a book club on this one. Get me over here. Um, yeah, because it's just so much bigger than that hormonal urge yearning of course there's a lot to be said about that too but um anyway so that's mine is the J tracy chapman yeah brilliant hmm. she, yeah she's just you know we we got to take it out of here oh maybe together we can get somewhere mm -hmm. and just this love of, of kind of being taken out of put it in, into another space where she can really be herself and so you know we go go along and start reading into this book you'll you'll see that hooks talks on that too about being committed to the growth of other people um and that expressing love that way but also about self-love and self-compassion um we emphasize love thy neighbor as yourself and a lot of times we're expressing our self self you know the lack of self-love when we're expressing love to our neighbors mm -hmm. so she she'll talk about that too but that self-compassion is really important that self-care um and so she's not only talking about love for others but love for ourselves, learning how to love ourselves. What is love? What what does it mean to love yourself? So there's there in that song. Is there another song? I have two that come to mind. <clears throat> One is maybe more obvious, which is At Last by, mm. um, is it Etta James? Yeah. And that's like, needs no explanation. But, but the first one that came to mind is a, a song called Wedding Song by Bob Dylan. And um, it's not a very popular song of his. It's on a, it's the last song on a record called Planet Waves. Mm. But I've always loved it so much because it's like, I love you more than ever, more than time and more than love. I love you more than money and more than the stars above. More, I love you more than madness, more than waves upon the sea love you more than life itself you mean that much to me ever since you walked right in the circle's been complete i've said goodbye to haunted rooms and faces in the street to the courtyard of the gesture which is hidden from the sun i love you more than ever and i haven't yet begun and then there's like 17 more verses but you're <laughs> <laughs> bob dylan <laughs> yeah i just uh you know especially as like thinking about a song that you would perform at a wed at your wedding for your new spouse. Mm -hmm. Just saying like, mm -hmm. I love you more than all of these things. <laughs> but also mm -hmm. something that you just said really struck me, like any of these love songs, the other could also be God. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a romantic human. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, I mean, obviously not the more like explicit, <laughs> explicit ones but the more the more spiritual love songs i guess yeah any more songs 
I'm okay. Melinda. I'm Melinda, and I am a visitor yeah. to the church. Hi. Um, and I know you, and I know Kate, and I probably don't know the others. But um, oh, are you a bit? Are you a visitor? You come all the time. I think. Well, I, <laughs> I guess I'm not just a visitor. No. Anymore. I mean, no. I I live in Lancaster. It's kind of, and I visit a friend <laughs> of mine in Culver City. So. I love the church. I really do. It's just my idea of what a church should be. Talking mm -hmm. about love, you have all these different ethnic groups and they, you know, it's just super. Um, no, I'm thinking of the Carpenter song, you know, we've only just begun to live. And that that is also a wedding song. And that's certainly beautiful. Mm. So, so we could sing that, you know, you and I as newcomers to St. James, we could sing that to St. James. We've mm -hmm. only just begun. Mm -hmm. Melinda, right? That's true. No, I, I'm more than a visitor. I, I take that back. <laughs> I say, you know, newcomers, and, and we talk a lot on the patio, and so we can get the words to we've only just begun and sing it to our, our community of St. James. And see what how that feels, right? Um, because there's so many beautiful parts of that song and the lyrics are just absolutely gorgeous. And it was a wedding song everywhere. It was another one mm -hmm. that was in every wedding, along with 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Any more uh, love songs? All right, all right. So I'm thinking about the Great American Songbook and every single song in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how about yeah. They Can't Take That Away From Me? I always love that one so much. The way you wear your hat, the way you sip your tea. Yes. Yeah. Little things, little so things I'm that are beautiful. I, 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 I'm going to throw this in. Uh, <laughs> Because for, for whatever, uh, I tend to be one of the great contrarians of life. Uh, and I really <laughs> have been totally out of popular culture for the last 50 years. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, most of the songs uh, uh, since, the, uh, since Motown, I have no knowledge of at all. So um, my musical experience has been more in, in the classical world. Uh, <clears throat> And um, uh, I, I think one of the greatest texts uh, that people use uh, uh, on, uh, from the Bible dealing with love is uh, the section from uh, Song of Solomon, uh, mm. where the text, uh, I mean, there's a variety of texts, but the powerful text is that love is stronger than death. Uh, um, and there are a variety of people who have written incredibly powerful pieces of music to that. Uh, and, and I think that's such a powerful, powerful concept. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, so Mike, some Motown songs will be showing up. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, well, that, that's good. In this discussion, we will go in Motown and, you know, the Great American Songbook really comes out of what, the 30s and the 40s, um, so... Yeah, well, the, the Great American Songbook, um, I, I know pretty well uh, because I've been driving Jim crazy uh, in my car because it has my, uh, 
has a, a stream that's probably 800 songs from uh, the Great American Songbook. Uh, and, and unfortunately, or fortunately, that's more my style in popular music than really most of what's been out in a long time. So there we are. Uh, so so we, we can we can go there. Um, you know, it's too bad we're not live. I would have, you know, David go sit at the piano and we would go through that songbook. Um, what we did in our, our uh, presentation in Baltimore is that someone mentioned L is for the way you look at me and then David just started playing. <laughs> that, um, so, so we went through Gershwin and Cole Porter, Sammy Khan and you know all those names and there are so many love songs and there's some that you, you can sing them in a wider circle. They're not just um, romantic um, in a romantic sense. And, uh, and now, just as Kate said, when I when you're asked to think of something, to think of a song title, I was like, woo. Um, but one, one that I um, love, and it doesn't say love in it, but I really love to sing this one um, in the church context when we're singing jazz is on a clear day. Mm-hmm. You can see forevermore. And in this, it's an expression of, of love, um, just how you can see everything more clearly. Um, and then there's there's um, another song that was done by Take Six and they're singing it to God and it's just in time. I found you just in time. Before you came, my time was running low. And so they take it and they make it a song to God. Mm. Do you think that, wow, it's, it's we can reshape these. Some of them are, are that way. One song I have to tell you, and I've changed this slide, is that um, Bell Hooks did not like the song, What's Love Got to Do With It? (laughs) (laughs) I I sort of gathered that since she went on for maybe two or three pages about how much she hated it in the book. (laughs) (laughs) She does it on another book, too. um, And it kind of gets mad at Tina Turner, but... um, and we'll, we'll talk about in a couple of weeks of how Tina Turner expressed a lot of self-love and a lot of love for other people. So it was like her life went counter to that song, even though that was her biggest, you know, hit as a solo artist. But, you know, I always go, what is it about that song? And it's just the attitude in it. And it, of course, it came out in the 80s and there was a lot of attitude music. Um, but But it really just went against... Um, what hooks, <laughs> yeah, she spends a lot of pages going off on that song, but um, this is what we need. We need to really unpack what love is um, and not just always think of love as romantic love, love between couples, but love for a wider community, love for people who don't like us or we perceive as not liking us. And that's a very challenging love, but that's a radical love of God. So definitions are vital starting points for the imagination. What we cannot imagine cannot come into being. A good definition marks a starting point and lets us know where we want to end up. 
As we move toward our desired destination, we chart the journey to love, starting with the place where we know what we mean when we speak of love. I stop myself when I say, oh, I just love French fries. <laughs> I mean, I really want to break down what do I mean when I say love. Mm -hmm. So what is love? What is this thing called love? Speaking of American songbook, Cole Porter song, what is this thing called love? And I think Bonnie Raitt had a song about the thing called love as well. But Cole Porter was asking, why does it make a fool of me? <laughs> Once again, the love is a feeling that Hooks talks about um, that is just supposed to come over us, but love is a choice. She breaks that down. Love is an action as she gets into Scott Peck. So right now, if we can, we reflected on some songs um, craft a brief description of what love is. How would you describe love? And maybe you have a story of love or a song that gives you a definition of love. So let's do that in like a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And feel free to um, put those definitions those definitions of descriptions of love, short love stories in the chat. And um, just take your time because um, this part is it's harder than, than we think. Um, for we are in such a culture where we use love a lot, but then when it comes to like break comes down to breaking down what love is and how to describe it. Um, it gets tricky. And it really helps to share stories. Um, maybe how love was expressed to us. Um, and um, how we were checked by God and the Holy Spirit on how to love like mm, that's not love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so and I'm seeing in the chat and the stories um, you've fallen out with um, people is, is um, for me it's such a, a painful um, a painful thing and going getting back to um that space of mending or and, you know so love is like a bridge and and like you said instead of holding a grudge you try to stay open to the holy spirit um when i read that reverend kate um as I thought, like it's so helpful to know that a relationship isn't just between us and the other person, that God is part of that. Um, it keeps it keeps me from taking the you know defense. Um, 
It's like, well, God saw something and I might've done something too. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it's so, it's so um, helpful to know that um, the Holy Spirit is, is there. And I think there's um, somewhere, is it Ecclesiastes or in Proverbs when they say a quarter of three? Can I mm. be talk about the two friends when one falls down, the other one can, and then all of a sudden just says a quarter of three. And I said, well, who's the third one? <laughs> I think that that's the Holy Spirit um, keeping us together. Uh, actually, when we got married, that was one of the lessons we used at our wedding. Huh? I love that. Yeah. So you remember where it's from? Did I, it's a proverb or is it a? Oh, um, I th- think it's um, Ecclesiasticus. Uh, it, it's from the Apocrypha. It's not. Mm. From- <laughs> Thank you for it. Because sometimes my reading gets all tangled up. And so it's from the Apocrypha. So it, it's from the Apocrypha. And I believe mm. it's from Ecclesiasticus. Not Ecclesiastes. Uh, Right. And of course, none of us are familiar with the books of the Apocrypha as all the other rest. So uh, that's just the way it is. But that's so interesting because, um, you know, in the Episcopal tradition, we do recognize those books. Um, and those and, and, and there's some great expressions of love in, in some of those books, like the Book of Tobit. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that just kind of the Holy Spirit just brought that into this conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm looking at others, um, an act of appreciation or sacrifice for someone or something outside ourselves that creates more wholeness. Mm-hmm. And then someone men- mentioned C.S. Lewis. in the four loves and my deepest understanding of love is what I see as selfless, generous acts of others, which allow others to be their best, most genuine developed self. There's a statement, you may not like all of us. You'll love us in the very special way we already love you. Oh, (laughs) that's, that's for me. Is and yeah. and and every time I go to the program, it just it's true. You don't, you know, this is Al-Anon, but uh, you really don't, you know, you you love people. You may not like them, but you love them, and that's really difficult to to grasp, I think. But uh, it's come up recently in the group I'm in, so <laughs> it's right in front of us. <laughs> and love- Power um, that keeps the stars in the sky, the animating force of all beings, the spiritual magnet that draws us closer to God and to the divine and each other. What first came to mind was God is love. So we'll be working on those uh, definitions, as you see in that outline that I think Kate put in the chat. Um, we'll be investigating definitions, redefining, uh, reimagining practices of love. So there'll be lots of time. And we shared that. Um, 
And when you go back and look at those definitions, um, do we see the love of Jesus? Do we see the love of Christ? You know, um, Jesus was, you know, Jesus is pretty hip. Um, he said a lot of hip things and a lot of radical things. And um, what he said to his disciples, no greater love than this, and the man laid down his life. I'm, I'm imagining that they were going, what is he talking about? Um, that's, that's a big love. And I call you friends. And I just, I'm just wondering what were they thinking and, and were they collecting their definitions of love? And remember, um, once he came back, he asked Peter a few times, like, do you love me? Mm. And I remember trying to break down that kind of love, right? There's, there's um, as we noticed, someone mentioned C.S. Lewis, like, I think in the West, we have compartments of love, different types of love. But I think that love is so big, like God, so big that um, trying to get a full description or definition of love, um, that's going to be an ongoing thing. You've tackled a large topic here. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ongoing thing. No, we have. Yeah, we have. And, and uh, you know, we read hooks and, and we see in our world, um, it's, it's something what the world needs. I mean, there's Burt Bacharach. What the world needs now is love. I'm not afraid to go to old music. That's not old to me. <laughs> but people will say, oh, now you're telling your age. Um, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. But what the world needs now is love. It's I love this expression that somebody said to me once that church is a school for love. Hmm. I like this idea that, that when we're together, we get to practice loving. We do, right? It's kind of, it's exciting. It is so, exciting. I just thought of a song that you, some of you probably don't pass it on. You know, you you know, does anybody know that? Everybody know that or not? It only takes a spark to get a fire going, and soon all those around will warm up and it's glowing. That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, it it's a beautiful song. It comes from the seventies, but it's gorgeous. If you don't know it, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> I sang it in churches. I'm I this is my probably sixth church. I've been in a bunch of denominations, but it it's pretty popular still. I'm gonna look it up. So um here I have love as a tool for creativity and reparation. And I images really help me um help me think of you know, love is a tool um, that repairs and mends broken hearts. And so I have um, the medical equipment and tools. And then I also have the sewing. And then I have the hair, the hair tools that salvages our split ends, mm -hmm. reconstructs faulty frameworks, imagines the beauty in all creation. 
And then I, of course, love the gardening tools. And we have so much of that, uh, the carpentry and the gardening, the agrarian images in scripture. Jesus has so many parables about seeds and sowing and planting. And what we think about love. Love actually happens like that. Um, and in pop culture, we see it. Your books will discuss like it's got this, you know, this thing that's supposed to happen overnight. We see that in movies where people just love at first sight, but it's always a romantic love. But so much of uh, community and neighborly love is needed. Um, and so the gardening tools um, reflect a lot of that planting love seed. Have you all heard the song Nature Boy? Um, no. And that, that should be in um, the Great American Songbook. Um, but that was made famous by Nat King Cole, who I heard was a parishioner of St. James. Mm -hmm. And um, the song, if you really look at the song, it's like, who was this boy? He says, there was a boy, a very strange enchanted boy. Oh, said, I knew that, yeah. Very far, very far over land and sea. A little shy and sad of eye, but very wise was he. Then one day, one magic day, he came my way. And as we spoke of many things, fools and kings, this he said to me, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. And I would say, well, who was that boy? And I always imagine that boy as the writer Eden Abez's like engagement with the divine. Because he says, we, we talked about many things like fools and kings. And I think of like, are those of the parables? Is he engaging with this talk? But he said he traveled and that he was young and he was wise. And, he, and especially what it ends with, it's like the greatest thing is to love and be loved in return. And I, and that's, the two commands that he gave us. So love is creativity and love is reparation. And then um, a face you might all know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he says the opposite of love is selfishness. And this is in his book, Following the Way of Jesus in this volume six of this book. And he says, the love of God is shocking and sacrificial. It is not self-centered, but other-directed. It seeks the good and the welfare of the other before self-interest. Hmm. It is not self-centered. It is other-directed. It seeks the good and the welfare of the other before self-interest. And so... We understand like the welfare, the well-being of other, but the good. And a lot of times we hear people say, we well, look for the good in other people, but seeks the good. He just says, seeks the good before self-interest. Mm -hmm. And I can't do it as animated as Bishop Curry would do it, but... I always imagine him speaking when, when I'm reading him. Awakening to love can happen only as we let go of our obsession with power and domination. 
And so sometimes um, when we think about conditional love, when love is performed as an act to get something, it actually acts as a, some kind of tool of power. You know, it's like, is it really love if we looked at all these definitions? But when I read that, I thought about there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out all the fear. Mm. Because, you know, what could be at the root of this selfishness or this need, this obsession for power and domination? It could be a fear. Um, we think about scarcity. Um, so I always think of fear. Sorry, Bishop Curry, but I always think of fear as the opposite of love. And sometimes the selfishness is an expression of that fear. Mm. And we do live in a, in a culture that, you know, even though we know that hate may not be the opposite of love, but we hear it so often. But I think about the song, what, what's love got to do with it, with this scripture? Because, because the lyric express a fear of love, but she wants all the stuff that comes with being in a loving relationship, but she doesn't want the aspect, certain aspects of love. But it was a hit because it was it was saucy. It had attitude. And then, and and many of you have seen this in the reading, and it will keep coming up every week. Um, hooks on page seven, and I think uh, in another maybe chapter four and five, she brings it up again that um, the ingredients of love. Or love is a combination of knowledge, responsibility, respect, trust, care, affection, and commitment. So if we think about biblical text and we think about engagement with Jesus Christ and Jesus and his disciples, where in those gospel stories do we see any of these? in our Lord's behavior and his words, and maybe in some of the apostles as well. Well, where will we, we see some of these? Ike, I think. Well, I, I mean, for me, let me make a preliminary statement. Actually, you were right. It's Ecclesiastes, not Ecclesiasticus. And I put the text in the chat if anybody wants to look at it. Um, Thanks. Uh, but the... But for me, and it's really one of the most meaningful of Jesus' parables, and it's the one we all, all of us know and all of us love, which is the prodigal son. Uh, and, uh, and, and in a lot of ways, uh, as a lot of people pointed out, actually the person that's being the prodigal is not the son, it's the father. Uh, because the father is so extravagant uh, with his forgiveness uh, and, and, and love. Uh, that it's just absolutely breathtaking. Uh, and uh, 
and, and welcomes him back into the household uh, uh, simply because he loves him, regardless of the really bad things that he did. Uh, I, I like that you brought that up because a lot of times when we read that, you know, I've been in different groups and we <laughs> read it in different occasions, I always ask, you know, which brother are you? You know, and and then if you go, I go to certain places with people from different countries and they'll go, they'll identify with something else. So I learned that, do you identify with the father? Or, or are we hoping to identify with the father in that space of being so forgiving and so trusting and so loving and so affectionate and so committed to his family that he doesn't, um, turn a you know turn the sun away but we were, we were always asked like which brother we are <laughs> rather mm -hmm. than um you know well could you be the father um could you be someone else but but we're quick to ask you know are we those one of those two brothers or are we marry a martha um and mm -hmm. and there's so many other people we could be <laughs> yeah and of course one of the interesting questions is where's the mother in all of this huh Hmm, good one. Yeah. And there's some some very interesting, if you ever go digging around the mother of the prodigal son, there's some really interesting things that people have written about who the mm -hmm. mother was and where she was and what her role in all of this is. So uh love to look at that. And of course the question that nobody asks is who identifies with being the fatted calf, huh? <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Um, any any other? That's really really good. Yeah. Any other parts of you know? There's so many wonderful stories and, and parables that Jesus told us. Well, Thanks. as long as I'm blathering, I'm going to go on uh, with, with another one of my favorite ones. Uh, and and it's a story of Jesus and 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 the the rich young ruler or the rich young man, um, and it's told a couple of times uh, in the in the story. Um, and and it's uh, when he comes up to Jesus and asks, uh, at least in one of the tellings, uh, uh, what do I have to do to tell to uh, to obtain eternal life? Uh, um, and and uh, um, and in one of the tellings, and I've forgotten which gospel it, it is, I mean, Jesus essentially says, sell everything you have and, uh, and, and give it to the poor. But in one of the tellings, before Jesus says that, Jesus, it, the, the, the text says, uh, Jesus looked on him and loved him and then, and then, then let it go. Uh, and, and I've always thought that was really a wonderful, because he knew, he knew he was really going to lay a a trip, as it were, on on this guy, uh, but he tried to do it clearly in the most loving way possible. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I think that has resonance for me when I'm hearing the hard words of Jesus. That Jesus is looking on on me in a loving kind of way, even though I'm being told something I really don't want to hear. <laughs> oh yeah. So truth telling. I mean. She doesn't list that in there, but she talks about a commitment to truth telling. Um, and, and that is, and she says, well, that just opens your heart and you, you know, and it, it, 
causes us to to mend and it causes healing. And you know, I think about how how many times that we don't pause. And like you said, Jesus looked at him and, and with love and tried to frame it in love uh, before like hitting him with that because he did walk away. He was hit with it, but was was he feeling Jesus love at the same time? I mean, he expressed that he just he left really downhearted. But truth telling, yeah, and other things connected with love, but but uh, does it feel like love? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, one of the things I've always wondered about that story was Jesus looked at him with love said some hard words and he walked away. Uh, and that's all we know. Um, and, and I've always been very curious uh, about the rest of the story. Uh, after he walked away, did he actually think about it? Did he actually do something about it? Uh, because the, the love and the words actually made sense. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was like Kate's sermon dealing with... Uh, the continually uh, flinging out the, the seeds. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the seeds never get flung once, they get flung all the time. And uh, 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 so maybe it doesn't catch the first time when you're in the rocky soil, but maybe somewhere along the line, you'll be in the good soil and it does sprout. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Love keeps flinging the seeds a bunch of mm. times keep flinging them you keep you keep flinging you don't fling them one time and go okay you you keep you're committed to that so um to begin by always thinking of love as an action rather than a feeling is one way in which anyone using the word oh i gotta move this in this manner automatically assumes accountability and responsibility. So I've got mm. wonderful thing. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Mm. I'm a big fan of Galatians 5 um, in the fruit of the spirit and love being that listed as that first fruit. And I always imagine it like, I don't know if you've seen that plant, but it looks like a bunch of other leaves keep coming out of it. And so I always feel like love is the basis and all the other fruit pour out of love, like they spring out of love. Like you can't have joy and patience and steadfastness unless you have love first and the love of God and the love that the Holy Spirit gives us to do the work of love in all spaces. Can I ask a question? Yeah. When we talk about, and I mean, I haven't read the whole book, so. Yeah. But when, 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 well, when you and when Bell Hooks talk about love as an action, mm -hmm. does that mean a decision that you, that you stick to? What does it mean that love is an action? Well, she's, probably talking to people of pop culture when they say, as opposed to love being a feeling. Mm -hmm. and she goes, yeah, she goes on to those ingredients are the actions and, and kind of help make those actions. So love is a choice. I know she says that first, like this choosing is an act. 
rather than, oh, I'm waiting for the feeling to come over me, which is back to the romantic love, which is probably why we have so many issues with love in other ways, um, because we're waiting for a feeling to come over us, um, mm -hmm. for, the, for the love to be acted on us. Like, you know, if I eat French fries, well, I'm gonna feel good. So that's why I love French fries, right? Rather than um, cho choosing um, to act in love, choosing not to hold a grudge, mm. choosing not to um, get my feelings hurt and stay in that space. And realizing like, um, like this other book that I put as a, um, additional reading that you may want to, the book on failure and, you know, what Jesus said about mess, making mistakes and messing stuff up and realizing that um, love also is accepting, we want others to accept our failures and our mistakes, but love is also going, oh, that person made a mistake. Um, and people make mistakes, but instead we hold the mistakes of others so against them, but then when we make a mistake, we're like, oh, I made a mistake, I'm human, right? As the song says, I'm only human. But, but love is a choice. Um, and first making that choice, um, God made a choice. Um, a choice to love us. And, and, and really we didn't have to do anything, right? This grace. Is choosing, so we're imperfect. We we make mistakes. We fall. Um, we cause splits. We cause division. But God still loves us. So as we work through the book, yeah, unpacking like what is she saying? And we will um, in that. Let me show you. Femi, uh, while you're yeah. checking, I'm, I'm going to have to leave. Uh, okay. Uh, Jim had a little episode a couple of days ago and had to go to the hospital and. Now he's okay, but I actually have to go pick him up. So, um, mm. uh, and I have a deadline to do that. So this is wonderful. Uh -huh. um, I will listen to the rest. Uh, I'm assuming this is going to be available. Um, yes, it's being recorded. Oh, okay. And so I'll pick up the rest of it and be back next week. Thanks so much for putting this together. Oh, thank you. Bye. Bye. So. And I won't keep us all too long. Um, I'm just feeling the love. <laughs> so we follow the way of love and I have all these records here. And this is something that I, I love this picture. And I actually took this picture while I was at the retreat in Sierra Madre. It's up on the wall. I hope it's still there. Um, but I took it some years ago and it's Jesus. He's nailed to the cross, but he has one hand um, stretch out and upward and I always just love this picture especially the shadow that it cast on the wood and I'm not sure who the artist is but I will hopefully if it's still there I will check um but he says as the father has loved me so I have loved you now remain in my love and if you keep my commands you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love and I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And this is my command, love each other. And so we hear this a lot, but I challenge and I challenge all of us to think about how we can practice this this week. 
how can we choose love um, and not just wait for love to come to us, but do we do we make eye contact with strangers? Do we say hi? Um, do we open doors even when people don't say thank you? <laughs> um, are we expressing that in public? When in, a lot of times in public spaces, people may not notice it or may not practice it or may just be so um, overwhelmed with life and the busyness of life um, that they may not notice that you, you wanna engage them in that way, but just practicing love, choosing to practice love in those small ways. Um, talking to strangers. Uh, I don't know if you've experienced this when you're greeting someone, you say, how are you doing? Someone's like up the street before you can say how you're doing. Um, but this is something I challenge myself. Like when I ask, how are you to stick around and listen? And it may not be what I want to hear. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when it's something that's not cheery that we don't want to hear, um, is it loving to just change the subject? Is it loving to, to walk away? Is it loving to just sit and hear and hold space for that person? And there's my fruit. And um, this is what we're challenged. How can we express it in our daily practices and interactions with others? And then I wanna share this thing on the left. Um, and so this is in that file that we shared in the chat. And I have different compartments here. So love in action, love as spiritual practice, love children, um, love in children and childhood, and then new imaginings of love and the go that we hear a lot, go um, that Jesus commands us. So how do we go in love? Hmm. The next things that we need to do, because we're always, um, we're going to always be growing in love. And, and as um Reverend Kate mentioned like, oh, we get excited when we come to church, we get to practice love. And sometimes um, it's exciting to go into places where love may not be the culture and to go, oh, this is exciting. I get to practice love in this space. Um, this is why I always wanted to be a prison chaplain because <laughs> maybe there's a challenge there where people are not feeling love to show them love. Um, why I enjoyed being on tour and being in um, the space of the music industry where love was, um, where people were ex wanting, expecting love to be showered on them in a certain kind of love and um, not a love that holds space for people who fall down or feel like they've made a lot of mistakes in their lives. And so that was exciting once I got the groove of that. Um, what does it mean to love people who, who feel like they don't deserve love? or who feel like they should get love because they sing great or yeah. they're famous, right? And they're expecting a certain kind of love, but but love in action. And so I have the ABCs. And so what this is, is we usually have certain things that we assume are practices of love. And this alphabet is gonna like stretch us to say, oh, um, yoga might be a way that I could take action and express love. And so that makes you think, well, how could yoga, if I go to Y, right? How could yoga be an expression of love? 
And so when we engage with the chapters, right, there's self-love and there's self-care. So it's just stretching us to go beyond um, what we say, well, giving um, out food or giving out clothes, but there are other ways. And I just feel challenged with that. So that's in our um, file. You are, you know, print it out if you want to, or if you have a remarkable tablet like I do, you can write in those things, or you can put this in your journal to think about um, ways that you could be stretched with love. Let love stretch you. That's all for this week. Femi, I just emailed everybody that okay. file because I couldn't I couldn't make it work in the chat. So everyone should have it now. Okay. Thanks. So yeah. then that's that's all, but I do want to share like some love songs with you. And this is one by mm -hmm. John Butler called Falling in Love with Jesus. And he says, mm -hmm. best thing I've ever done. And here's this world famous musician. He plays like, you know, he plays guitar wonderfully. He sings wonderfully. He's from South Africa. He was, he was famous in um, pop music and jazz music. And then he wrote this beautiful song. And the first time I heard it, Stevie Wonder was singing it. And he said, I wish I wrote this song. <laughs> here's Stevie Wonder who's written all these great songs says, I wish I had written this song. Mm. And it's this love song to Jesus. And he's saying that's the best thing, the, the choice. So if you get a chance to look that up on YouTube, it's really beautiful. And then another one, and this is a song that Bell Hooks likes. This is what she considers a good love song. And I think that she was just a big Jackie Wilson fan. He was an amazing singer. Um, if you haven't heard his version of Oh Danny Boy, Please listen to it. It is just beautiful. His voice, his amazing tenor is just incredible. But this one is your love keeps lifting me higher. And she says that this is about that commitment to someone growing. This is how Hooks interprets this song. That it keeps lifting me. So... And this is what be, this is what comes before that wedding scripture. If I speak in human and angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fend them all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I uh, if I have a faith that can move mountains, I'm sorry, I have I dictator in here, um, but not have love. I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And so when I was reading um, in Living the Story by Paul Stevens and Michael Green, they talk about this. And these are two like well-learned theologians in the world. But they write on this chapter of love is that we are ambassadors. Mm. So imagine that we are ambassadors and Jesus was this great example of building a bridge between God and humanity and all creation. And we are supposed to be an extension of that, to be, a, you know, to resemble that. And they were saying that we as Christians shall not be judged by our gifts or by our learning, but by our love. And how shall we fare? 
So I'm going to stop sharing. And okay, it's not letting me stop sharing. Well, here I go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Zoom. And so I just want to say thank you um, for this first week of this. And I promise I won't go super long, um, but I'm just basking in the love of this community. <laughs> <laughs> so the excitement that um, I have about um, just being in this space and talking about love, that's something that I love to talk about. Um, do you have any questions for me? And what for is, yeah, me? what's the name of the person that sings Danny Boy? Jackie Wilson. Oh, okay. Jackie. Was, yeah, Jackie Wilson, famous in the 50s and the 60s. And he was actually this uh, hero of Elvis. So you can see a connection between the two when you look at how Jackie dressed and a lot of the singing. Um, Elvis really, they were friends and Elvis really loved him. And I use the word love, he did. Um, and so Jackie hey. was an amazing singer and his version of Old Danny Boy is just, if you find a live video, it's just remarkable. Femi, for next week, how, which, how many chapters should we read in time for next week? So I think, um, some of us I was able to talk to about the book and some of us have the book. And so it was the preface, the introduction and chapter one. And then we're not going to read chapter two and three for next week. You may read it, but we're gonna look at four and five. And let me see what else I added with that one. I'm gonna close my slide show. No, I'm just get my, no, let me look at my folder, okay. This is what happens when I have, I have too many things open. So now it won't let me find it. Oh, let's escape. There we go, I'm escaping that. Okay, so I'm just gonna look at that sheet that you all have in the email because I added another chapter to chapters four and five. Mm. Open up, open up. Moving slow. Oh. It's my computer now, it's not Zoom. It may be Wi-Fi. Ooh. Can you see it on the screen? Yeah. Did you bring that up? Thanks. I did. You're welcome. Because mine was moving too slow. <laughs> well. <laughs> okay, so yes. Uh, so chapters four, five, and 10. And so I am hopping around because there's some connections. That I'm not sure Hooks was aware of the connections, but I saw the connections. Mm -hmm. um, so four, five, and 10. And using a bit more uh, biblical passages to alphabetize love as a spiritual practice. And so there's a slightly different from the love is an action, but she's saying awakening to love is, is awakening to the spiritual. And so she's dealing with the scripture and she is mentioning scripture in those chapters, but um, love is the divine. So she's looking at the divine text, the spiritual aspects that teach us love and how to practice that. But it is, um, she's looking at self-love. So spiritual practice as helping us understand self-love and then also from that self-love, 
how to give that out of that love. So love thy neighbor as thyself, how we love ourselves. So that's the scope of what we're doing. So if you can, they're really, they're not long chapters, but if possible, if you can read the three that were for this week and then the three for next week. Great. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Because sure. my slow, whoa, whoa. Um, but can you, um, Reverend Kate, can you close us in prayer before we? Oh, I would love to. <laughs> Loving God. We know that you are the source of all love, and we give thanks for that power in the world. We thank you for tonight and the nights to come. We thank you for Femi and her gift of this course. We thank you for one another. We thank you for this opportunity to be together in this space focusing on love. And we ask you to be with us in the week to come so that we can practice all the different ways that we can reach out with care and concern and openness to others. And we ask all this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for coming. I'll see you next week. Thank you, Femi, so much. Thank you, thank you. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kate? Yeah. Um, I didn't get the email. Did you just send it? Yeah, I just With, did. Hmm. Let, me look at, have, let me look again. My, I know. I, 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 um, I'm going to try you again. Okay. On Dalton-Cole Dalton at ca.r.com. Yep. Hmm. Okay. I might be in your, I might have gone to your spam that. Maybe oh yeah, your, maybe I'll. Yeah, your computer yeah. might not trust me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I sent it twice, okay. so I, I'm okay, confident I appreciate it's going to get there. Okay, thank you. Great okay, thanks so much. Skip. Thank you, great Pammy. To Good to see you too. Thank okay, you. Bye. Bye. Yay! So, um, let me know how long we could go. Um, I didn't want to keep people too long, but I wanted to just. I think an hour is a good length for a yeah. Zoom. Okay. People get after end of a day. I think an hour is perfect, but this is lovely. And it's so, and I suspect that, that we're going to get different additional, different people next week because people will just kind of flow in and out. And I think that's fine. Don't you? Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. And you know, I have Thank my. You. <laughs> All right. Is that Jimi Hendrix and Bob Marley? <laughs> you know, oh. no, they just, they I just love it. symbolize love to me. Oh, did you know there's a movie coming out about Bob Marley? Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I geek out on both documentary, all documentaries about these guys. I this one's a this one is a a, a narrative film. Okay. And it it looks really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. We lost. Yeah. Both, you know, mm -hmm. but but there that's love for me. So that's what I put. Yeah. Well, thank you. You are the best. And thank you so much for doing this. And I can't wait for the next one. Yes. See you next All week. Right. See you. Bye. Good night. Bye.